This is the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, episode 181. Welcome to the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, the very best tips, tools, and ideas from real estate's top performers. Now, here's your host, Ray Wood. Hey Google, what's the temperature outside? The current temperature there is minus 17 degrees. Due to current wind conditions, it feels like it's minus 23. Well, good day, everybody. Welcome back to the show. And just in case you don't know, I'm Ray Wood, and I'm a real estate agent from Melbourne, Victoria, living on a lake about two hours north of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Long story. It's been a cold blast here at the cottage in the last couple of months, where we've been in semi-isolation and various stages of lockdown for almost a year. The month of February is testing us because there's this weather effect called the polar vortex that brings with it Arctic cold temperatures like minus 30 Celsius and feet of snow. But fortunately, the boathouse is keeping us warm thanks to a wood fire we installed last year and some incredible spray insulation that keeps most of the warmth inside. The boathouse has been a fun project and it's still a work in progress that will take me a little bit longer to complete. Personally, this last year has been an amazing time. I feel I have better focus and direction. I don't know why. I feel like I have more drive and energy. In the last 12 months, I've completely overhauled Best Agents to a digital marketing platform and with the amazing resources of Jiggler and Locked On, a steady stream of new members are coming on board while they can still get the heavily discounted founding members deal. My real estate funnel marketing model is working like a well-oiled machine and let me share what I've learned about the art of funnel marketing in the last year. There are three stages to a good funnel, attract, nurture and convert. The 16 digital assets including ebooks and autopilot lead generators we've created at Best Agents do most of the heavy lifting when it comes to attracting with the impressive resources of Jiggler pitching in by pumping out fresh professional grade content on a daily basis. Locked On's brand new version 2 is turning heads and playing a critical role nurturing and converting contacts to listings and sales with the help of our digital pre-listing kit and lots of pre-written emails ready and waiting in the system. In fact, that's a perfect segue into this week's interview, which is all about the power of email marketing and some awesome tips to make sure your messages are connecting with your contacts in all three stages of your funnel. My guest for this episode is email writing and marketing expert, Chris Ozakowski. And the timing around the release of this episode is highly relevant as the Australian government finds itself in something of a Mexican standoff with Facebook. Basically, Canberra wants Facebook to pay for the news it strips and recycles. Facebook have said, yeah, I don't think so, and have started deleting content from any Australian Facebook page that faintly smells like it offers any kind of news. In fact, today's email from Chris, and as soon as we met, I signed up to get his daily emails, talks about this and he warns you can't build your brand on quicksand, which is code for don't rely on Facebook or any social platform for that matter to be there tomorrow. Chris says that's all the more reason to build solid relationships with great email marketing and I couldn't agree more. You are your brand, not some tricolor logo or pretty font. But here's the critically important thing. Marketing you doesn't mean talking about you. Want to write better emails to attract, nurture, and convert more contacts? Well, right now you can download Chris's ebook, Make It Rain, for free. Can I suggest you head over to themakeitrainbook.com and get your free copy? Here are just some of the things Chris shares in the book, which is a brilliant read, by the way. 
how to segment your email list properly so you can send the right offer to the right person at the right time, why emails with great copy outconvert fancy HTML emails every time, how to make your email stand out from your competition, and how to make people fall in love with the emails you send, and three email campaigns that will work for you every day, even while you're sleeping. I like that one. That URL again is themakeitrainbook.com and that link is ready and waiting for you in the show notes for this episode. Well, I was keen to pick Chris's brain about how we can apply his email marketing rules and strategies to real estate, being mindful of the attract, nurture and convert stages of our funnel. In this session, I asked Chris, is email really relevant anymore? If my open rate is below 10%, what am I doing wrong? Why does good copy in normal email outperform HTML fancy graphics every time? Does he follow a formula? We're in real estate land looking to nurture and hopefully keep existing contacts. How often should we connect and what should we be saying? Email is pointless without a list. So how do we build a list? How important is the subject line? Very. Are open rates better when there's a question in the subject line and we use our contacts first name? Does long copy sell? Do people read it? And how important is using testimonials in our copy and where should we use them? So we've got a heap of awesome content in this episode. All that and more coming right up. The Top Agents Playbook Podcast is proudly brought to you by Jiggler. Jiggler is the creative, do-it-yourself, online marketing platform top agents are flocking to. Build everything in minutes right on your desktop. From marketing flyers, reports, lead generators, and social media posts, Jiggler has hundreds of templates waiting for you to customize, download, and print or post. Get started today and try Jiggler free at Jiggler.com. That's J-I-G-G-L-A-R.com. Well, Chris, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Doing good, Ray. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, you're very welcome. You're based in New Jersey. How's the weather? It is not bad. It is starting to turn into winter, and I, for one, am very excited as I love the cold. Okay. Okay. Do you do any skiing or uh, or ice hockey or anything like that? I don't, actually. Okay. I just okay. I sit, sit inside and type on my computer and read books. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, buddy, I wanted to get you on the show because um, – I'm huge on copywriting. I'm huge on uh, on. We're, I'm in the real estate space, as you know, and our listeners are real estate people. So I I was pretty keen to pick your brain as to how uh, our listeners or the listeners to the show, our subscribers, can uh, improve their open rate, send better emails, win more listings, and make more sales. That's the name of our game. We're looking to uh, we're looking to attract new contacts. We're looking to nurture, and then we're looking to convert to uh, to listings which become sales so um, how did you get how did you start in, into copywriting what was your what what happened what what did you do in a former life and and how you here how are you here yes yeah, so in a former life I was actually a special education teacher I taught elementary school for two years and then middle school for two years and I taught reading writing and uh, mathematics as well. And um, it's not a bad job it's just something that I didn't want to do the rest of my life and I realized that pretty soon after starting to work, <laughs> I said, uh, you know, like I said, it's not, not a bad gig. It's just, it wasn't, there was just this one moment. I remember where they give you this book, this like contract book. And it says yep. they have, they're called steps. And every single 
step every year you're there, you get like a raise and it's all planned out. And I looked at it, I said, well, that's all the money I'm going to make my entire life. Yep. It was right on that one piece of paper. And I said, yep. I don't know if I like that number. So yeah. I decided to start doing this on the side and learning all about, you know, marketing and writing copy. And I always loved to write. And I said, wow, like you could write words in a Google document and give them to a client and they'll pay you thousands of dollars for that. And I was okay. like, let's, fi let's figure that out. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> How does that work? Yeah. Well, it's, um, it's just so powerful, isn't it? And okay, it's a skill that not everybody has, but uh, I think, and I'd be keen on your opinion here, I think it's a skill that can be acquired. I think it's a skill that can be learned. Do you, uh, do you agree? I agree. I agree for two reasons. I think, you know, it's known as, copywriting is known as salesmanship and print. So I think if you could sell face-to-face, -face, you could sell through copy yeah. as long as you do the second point, which is write like you talk. And yeah. if you understand those two things, if you understand how to sell and how to write like you talk, it's pretty easy. Yeah. It's not easy. It takes a little bit of practice, just like with anything else. But because what happens is a lot of people, they say, oh, their brain switches. They say, oh, I'm writing now. Yeah. And they go into like this different mode and they think, well, I have to have this specific voice and speak authoritatively and write with a certain kind of prose. And it's like, no, you just write like you talk. Yeah. What the, the, the ideas and the thoughts you have in your head, if you were having a sales conversation, that's just what you're going to put on the paper. Yeah. I was speaking with an agent I work with uh, here in Canada on, on Friday and we were, she was talking about sending emails and stuff like that. And I said, I said, it's, it's, it's kind of magic when you can read somebody's copy and you can actually hear their voice. You know what I mean? Like if you, okay, you've, it's somebody you know and you've, you've heard them, you might have seen a video or it's, or it's somebody you've been in contact with. But I find with a well-written email, I can actually, I can almost hear the inflection in their voice uh, and it's so powerful when it's, when it's done correctly. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, that's the cool thing about also just emailing frequently, like you develop that kind of bond and relationship and people feel like they know you when that effect starts happening, right? Yeah. You feel that level of comfortability and know, like, and trust. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. I've got some, uh, now I don't normally do this, but I sent you some questions this morning cause I'm just so big on this topic. I love it. Uh, and some of them, some of them are loaded. So it's, uh, to, to get your response and I know what you're going to say, but I want to ask it anyway, because I'm trying to channel my listeners, uh, and, uh, and kind of ask the questions that, that they'd be thinking, uh, before we go any further, um, You've very generously um, given us a kind of a download to a book that you've written called The Make It Rain Book, or the book's called Make It Rain. And guys, to check this out, I've read it. I love it. Uh, I'm, I'm reading it for the second time. There is so much gold in this. Can you please go ch check it out if you do one thing today? Um, the uh, link is in the show notes, but all you have to remember is themakeitrainbook.com, themakeitrainbook.com. Check it out. Uh, Chris has shared a lot of gold in the book, as I said. You'll get some really cool ideas. He'll dispel a lot of myths, uh, and I really want to encourage everybody who listens to listens to the show to get into get into emails uh, and use it as part of your marketing. I'm not talking about, I know there's some pushback, Chris, uh, when it comes to drip email. Um, and I think increasingly we have to be very careful with that. That's my view. Um, uh, you know, like I sign up for something. I know I'm going to be hit with a thousand drip fed emails that are going to a thousand other people. So we'll, we'll probably get into that a little bit, but uh, I'm not talking about that, guys. I'm talking about writing a great a really great piece of communication that comes across really well 
and in and, you know it gives you the response that that you're looking for i've been doing it for years chris has been doing it for years a lot of the people that i work with um i had one client recently chris and they said boy that's absolute magic and i said you know what it's the closest thing to a well-written email because it really hits your hits your seller or your client where they live so so that's the scoop go to themakeitrainbook.com and make sure you download a, a chris's book it's pretty awesome um so, Chris, question number one, is email really relevant anymore? I would say it's actually more relevant than it ever has been before. And I think that's okay. for a few reasons. Um, <clears throat> number one, it's just people are addicted to their email. There's actually laws in some European countries. I think it's France where they forbid you <laughs> or they forbid your employer from making it a requirement for you to check your email once you go home. So the way I always look at it is like, if there, if there are laws forbidding you from doing something like that, <laughs> like <laughs> we're so addicted to email. I mean, I just, you know, there's a lot of people, especially if you wait into like the internet marketing corner of the world where people are like, email's dead. This new other thing is, is the new thing. But like, Email is not, I heard someone say this, I, I can't remember who, but they said that email is not built on top of the internet, it is part of the internet. So yep. I yep. think in a, in a day and age where social platforms are constantly changing the rules and changing their algorithms and determining certain messages that get boosted and certain messages that don't, what you can publish there, owning your list and owning that relationship and owning that asset is just the most important thing ever. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Well, to be able to, write a great piece of copy and send it out to 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000 people and customise it and make it look awesome. It's still got to be one of the greatest, strongest, most powerful, most cost-effective marketing weapons that's out there. I mean, I always think the telephone was invented for agents. Gosh, email's got to be a close second. It's perfect for us. Okay, second question. If my email open rate is below 10%, what am I doing wrong? Where do you want to begin? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that's a good one. We could we could probably talk a few hours about that because okay. there's a lot of a lot of context. I'm going to give you the the eighty twenty short answer. You know, because I I've worked with some clients and they'll have you know six hundred thousand people on their list. So if they get over ten percent, they're ready to jumping for joy. But again, I don't think many people listening are in that category. I think if you're if you're there's a few things going on. If you do have a low open rate, it could be that part of your list is churned or inactive or unengaged. There's a few different terms you could use for it. What I like to do with my own list is I have a setting. I use ConvertKit. I know there's a million different softwares. They all kind of work the same way, yep. but there's a list of cold subscribers, people who haven't opened your emails in 30 days or 60 days or 90 days who haven't opened, haven't clicked, haven't done anything. You could actually exclude them from your mailing. So if people stop engaging, you'll just remove them from that mailing. What that'll do, it's good for your deliverability and list health because what that'll do is it'll make sure that the segment you're sending to is only the engaged people who actually are reading and enjoying and engaging with your stuff, which when that happens, that will increase your deliverability for all the people within that segment, which is okay. a nice little side effect. Yeah. Okay. So I think what you're saying there is probably, and I think I'd probably agree, the number one reason why an open rate's low is because you're sending to people that haven't opened your email for six or 12 months. What's a good cutoff? I went through recently and just took out a few thousand names that hadn't opened my email for 12 months. I figure if they're not going to open it in a year, uh, why should they start? Plus, with my system, I'm actually paying for those extra names that I don't really need. Yeah. And, and again, there's a lot of schools of thought here. I think 12 months is fair. It, it also depends on how often you're emailing. Like I email, I, excuse me, I email my list just about every single day. So for me, I do between like 30 and 60 days because right. I'm just following up every, you know, if I'm emailing you every single day for, for 
the next 60 days and you don't open any of them, like, you know, I'm not going to continue to bother sending to you, but if I'm only sending one email every two weeks or so, then I might want to give it more of a six, nine, 12 month because you're just not doing as much frequency. And there's a chance that someone might miss that bi bi weekly email, whatever it is. So I would say the more frequently you send, the shorter that period, the cutoff is. Yeah. Okay. Um, Next question. Why does good copy in a normal email outperform HTML fancy graphics every time? I know that's a point in your book and I I think I know the answer to this, but uh, tell me what you think. I think everybody, just before you you start, just so everybody knows, you know those emails that you get that uh, it's got the logo up the top, uh, then there's there's a bunch of graphics and stuff like that, then there's some coffee, copy, then there's some more graphics, might even be some coffee there. Uh, Then there's lots of stuff going on. Um, as opposed to a dear Chris or a dear Ray or hi Chris, hi Ray, just basic copy. Can you give us your uh, input on that? There's so many reasons. I think it goes, and, and these are reasons that I didn't necessarily discover. I just kind of looked at what some of the greatest ad men of all time, their philosophies uh, you know, have been. And you look at a guy like David Ogilvy and yep. everyone who's studied anything about advertising and marketing has heard that name. And some of his most famous ads were long copy, not long copy, like a hundred pages, but you know, consider most ads you see in a magazine, it's like a picture and then like a three-word tagline and then like the the company's logo, right? But he would write these ads that had copy and they had paragraphs and paragraphs that you'd have to read and yeah. it would draw you in. It was content. It was and you'd you would look at it and say, "This doesn't. I know this is an ad, but it doesn't exactly look like an ad." You'd kind of be mm-hmm. curious enough to start reading, and the copy would be good and to continue. You know, he had one ad that people actually would cut out of the magazine and hang on their wall, and it was the Guinness. Uh, Guinness's Guide to Oysters. That's it. And because that ad, yeah, that that was one of his most famous ads. And that ad was all about, you know, how to pair Guinness and and, and educating you about certain kind of oysters and like, you know, all these tasting notes and things. And it was a valuable piece of advertising. So it's that whole idea of like making your emails and everything, all the content that you put out valuable. So I think when you combine that approach and also Howard Gossage was another uh, 1950s ad man. He had this great quote that I, I just truly live by. And he said, nobody reads ads. People read what interests them. Sometimes that's an ad. So if your email looks like an email that they would get from a friend or a colleague or a family member, they're going to at least have to sit up and say, hmm, what's this all about yeah. and lean in and read versus yeah. if you, they open it up and see this big picture and 50% off and they see the same thing every day after a while, they realize, oh, that's just trying to sell me something. I don't need to pay attention to that. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't could not agree more. I think it's I can't believe some of the big names that send out all of the the massive HTML. I think they're they're really missing on their open rate and, and missing the message. Um, I love David David Ogilvy. I think Ogilvy on advertising was the first book I ever bought on on marketing, and I learned so much. I love the Rolls Royce ad. I think was it um, at sixty miles mm. an hour. The loudest thing you'll hear is the clock on the dashboard, or something like that. When yeah, back, back in the day when when having a clock in a car was uh, was was a novel thing. So uh, very cool. Yeah. So guys, get that little book. You can still buy it. It's still in print. Ogilvy on advertising. It's fabulous. Lots of great uh, lots of great ideas in that. Um, Chris, do you follow a formula? For years, I've gone with the basic formula. Okay, uh, attention-grabbing headline. Second is I reinforce, reinforce, stir it up. Then I solve the problem. I prove the problem, which is normally a testimonial. Then I have a call to action, then a PS at the bottom. Is that is that a loose formula that you follow or it, does it depend on what, you, on what you're marketing? So I agree with your formula. I... I 
strip it down a little bit. What I like to do is, and it doesn't always go this way because there's certain contexts where it might be different, but I always like to say story segue pitch, okay. right? Because I like telling stories or story is kind of a shorthand for it. it could be any kind of lead. It could be any kind of, you know, uh, sales argument or for instance, like in the context of real estate, right? Like people want to either want to sell a house for a lot of money, right? Because probably more than what they bought it for. Yep. They want to buy a house and find their dream home. So those yep. are like the two outcomes that people want. So sometimes if it's not a story demonstrating one of those concepts, it could just be a piece of content about, you know, five ways to sell your house for $50,000 more than what it's worth, right? Yep. As, as just a general example. So you lead in with that content or story piece, you segue which is like what the lesson of the story is or the connection to what you're about to pitch. And then you just insert the pitch. And when you do it that way, people always get value. You're always able to sell. You don't have to walk that weird line like, oh, is this a sales email or is this just a pure content email? You can kind of merge both of them together and people will continue to read your stuff. Even if they're not ready to buy today, they're not going to get mad and say, oh, this person's just trying to sell me stuff all the time. or They're just trying to get me to to list my house. You know, they're learning something every single time. Yeah. How important do you think it is to continually reinforce your USP or unique selling proposition within your message? Is there a way that you can, because there's a million agents out there, right? I mean, in your area in New Jersey, there'd be, I don't know, 50,000 agents within about 20 miles of you or something. Uh, We are everywhere. Um, How do you, how do you get across this point that you are different and do you have any do you have any ideas for that for for subtly trying to get across a, a USP? Yeah, I think I think you've got to find I think different is more important than than necessarily being the best because there's some there are a ton of agents like New Jersey is very densely populated. So you're absolutely right about that. And I see yeah. their billboards and I see their bus bench ads and I see them in magazines and I see their business cards. And honestly, I cannot tell 90% of them apart from each other. There yeah. are a select few though, who choose to focus on certain aspects of certain things that they're good at. Right. Like one of, uh, one of, uh, my wife and I are friends. She's an agent in New York city and she specializes in selling these very expensive apartments. Like she doesn't really bother with, you know, cheaper pieces. So like, that's her specialty. That's what she differentiates. She only goes with those kind of clients. And I'm not saying everyone has to do that, but you just need to pick whatever your specialty is and own that lane. So I think it's important. And I think it's, it's a great opportunity if you're using email, that's the first thing because so many people, so many agents just don't, they just are, aren't even keen to it. So if you just did that alone, that would be one way to stand out. But then uh, if there are, if, if your prospects are on multiple agents lists, like that's just a great way to, it's a great opportunity for you to say, this is how I'm different, right? Yep. This, you, if you want someone who specializes in everything or at least attempts to go with those people. But if you're looking for this one specific thing, I'm the best at this one specific thing. And I own this. Yep. So. Yep. Okay. Valid point. We're in real estate land looking to nurture and hopefully keep existing contacts. How often should we connect and what should we be saying? Big question, um, I know, but love any love any ideas that you might have. I think at a minimum once a week. Mm-hmm. And I've thought about this actually because some of my friends are in the real estate uh, industry. And as a blanket recommendation, I'd say probably once a week is a good rhythm. You could always, you know, scale that up or scale that down. But I think once a week is enough where you're staying top of mind. Yep. And there's a lot of sharing good outcome-driven content. 
because I, like my wife and I were actually looking for a house right now. Um, and we found one, unfortunately though, the market was so hot in the summer, people were leaving the city so fast that houses were getting snatched up 24 hours sight unseen, $50,000 above asking price. So by the time we called the schedule, the house, you know, a, a visit, yeah. the house was already taken. Yeah. But so now it's, that was back in July and now it is November, almost December. We're still looking and probably won't be until spring. So it's kind of a longer buying cycle for, and again, it depends on if you're selling versus buying, right? Or who, who you're specializing, what you're specializing. And most agents are probably helping both sets of people. But like for us, the buying cycle, it might be a year or two process, right? So yeah. I think if someone is keeping contact with me and sharing good content that's valuable and helping me make more educated decisions about the process, that's going to demonstrate to me that that person knows their stuff and maybe has my best interests um, at heart. And so I think, you know, I think if you do once a month, there's a good chance. There's just so much media nowadays that people are just going to forget about you. you yeah. Know? Yeah. There is so much going on, isn't there? I mean, I might, uh, you know, somebody listening to this, they might've looked at a property today and that seller mightn't be doing anything for five years. So continually punching them around the head with uh, new listings and property sales is probably going to get them unsubscribed. Is there an opportunity to change things up a little bit and be less real estatey and talk about things maybe in you that are happening in your community? Or I, I hark back to the point, and it's the, the thing I wrote down, your story. Uh, like uh, interesting to tell a story about somebody who's doing something locally or an experience they had. Yeah, it's funny. Like with my own list, I like to focus on email a lot. And I know it's 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 not exactly the same, but it's the same kind of principle. Like I'll talk about email marketing. I'll talk about case studies that I've done with my clients and like just be very email centric. And then sometimes I'll, I'll just tell stories about things from my life, you know, and just, hey, here's what I did this weekend. Or I went to this yeah. cool restaurant and they had this dish that I never tried. And random stories, like slice of life little stories. And people yeah. love that stuff. And sometimes that stuff is actually more popular than the subject matter expertise style emails, which is very interesting to me. But I think it goes, you know, like at the end of the day, it's like, well, why are people interested in buying or selling? Like, what is it that they want to get? Like, what is the part of their life that they're doing this for, right? Like yeah. it's about the lifestyle they live. It's about the activities they do in the home, outside of the home, in the new community that they're in, right? Like it's about the transformation that happens once they either sell their house or find their dream home or whatever it is, right? So it doesn't always just have to be about the subject matter. It could just be about life in general and just things that are interesting to most people because everyone has work and they have, or, or they have their house or they have the, the, the thing that, that we're talking about and then they have everything else in their life. You know, people aren't one dimensional. So I think it's, it is important to loop that stuff in. And when you do that, that makes people like you more and that makes them feel like they know you a little bit more as well. Yeah. Let's, um, let's circle back to one of the first questions I, I, I asked and your answer was just, just write it as you say it. So instead of sitting down, um, looking at an empty at an empty word doc thinking how should i start this if if you were going to call me and tell me um hey i went to this really great restaurant on the weekend um i had the main but that wasn't the best point blah 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 and you can get on you can just go on from there and suddenly you've got the you've got the let's call it the guts of your email you've got you've got the theme and you've got the message so um uh, there's a lot of good ideas um Emails. I wrote this question down, and it's 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 probably not a fair question because everybody's got their own way of doing it. Um, email is pointless, obviously, without a list. Um, my question was, how do we build a list? And there again is another topic for another day, perhaps because uh, we could speak all day about that. Um, 
Uh, at best agents, we use a couple of list uh, or list building ideas in the form of lead generating. I call them squeeze pages, truepricefinder.com and virtualmarketupdate.com as well, where we offer uh, a price or a virtual market update. We don't need to come inside, etc. cetera. Um, you're building your list through uh, the or well, one of the ways that you're building your list and getting your funnel going is with your with your make it rain book. So can you tell me a little bit about your experience around that, how you wrote the book and how you set up the funnels and where you marketed, etc. To to drive your list. Yeah. So I've tried a lot of different things, okay. um, a lot, um, and I'm always constantly experimenting. But the well, I guess we start with the lead magnet. Yeah, like I wrote the book because I wanted to be the guy who wrote the book on email marketing. And there weren't okay. really too many people who could say that. So if I was ever, you know, in a bake-off with another writer or another agency, I could say, well, why don't you uh, take a look at my book and yep. let me know Let me know if, uh, if you want to move forward. And the other guy doesn't have a book, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that was the first yeah. thing. And I think that, but there's a good lesson good because like how many how many real estate agents have written books because they're yeah. that good and maybe they have that much expertise. So like, yep. it's not hard. Like the, what makes you an author is you writing a book, yeah. right? Like no one anoints you an author. You just sit down, you write a book and you say, I have a book. I'm an author on this. I'm an expert on this topic. Here's my philosophy. So that's the easiest way. It doesn't have to be a book though. It could be a report. It could be a PDF download. It could be a video train, like whatever it is. Like it just has to be something valuable where people say, oh, I want that. That's going to help me make a better decision. That's going to help me learn about, you know, whatever it is, buying, uh, you know, finding my dream home even, or, or, or selling my house or whatever, whatever the outcome is that they want. And then in terms, once you have that lead magnet, it's something desirable that you know your ideal prospect would want. Yep matter of finding ways to get in front of them. So right now I do a lot of Facebook ads. I do podcasts. I do a lot of content, some SEO, although I'm not very great at it. I've just stumbled my way into some good SEO. But I fit, what I would do also as well is if I would go to events, I would give people, I have a physical copy of the book and say, hey, here's my book. Hey, yep. I just met you. Hey, nice talking to you here. Take a copy of my book, right? Free copy, boom, yeah. hand it to them, yeah. right? And I think if you, obviously with real estate, there's a lot of a lot more face-to-face than probably what I do. So if you're ever at any kind of face-to-face I'm obviously now in in you know in the in the COVID world that we are kind of finding ourselves in. There's a lot less face to face depending on where you are, but um, that's not going to last forever, obviously. So you can, if you're at a trade show, if you're at a local event, if you are at a fair, if you are holding an open house, right? There's so many opportunities for you to say, hey, if you'd like, you can leave your email address on this piece of paper, and I'll send you my book on whatever or my report on how to. Whatever, whatever outcome, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, again, I'm not, a, I'm not a real estate expert, so forgive me for, for not having the benefits handy, but, but essentially that's, that's the, the game plan. Okay. Well, y- you probably don't know this because I'm, I'm such a humble guy and I didn't share, but you're talking to a, a real estate agent that wrote a book back in the day called How to Sell Your Home for More, uh, sold over 400,000 copies, which I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty chuffed about. Um, oh. but, oh, <laughs> but a while a while ago, a buddy of mine, Trent Poole, who I work with from, um, from Marimbula in, in New South Wales, good day, Trent. Trent said, Ray, I don't want to promote you. I'd rather promote me. Why don't you write a book that I can be the author of? So that's where I actually thought, well, first of all, I thought, oh, gee, that's a bit rude. And then I thought, that's a bloody good idea. So um, I, I ghost wrote a book called The Ultimate Home Seller's Guide that I now offer for uh, two agents far and wide, and it's been pretty successful. So guys, if you want to if you want to be the author of a book without picking up, uh, uh, without even opening a Word doc, let me know and I'll, uh, I'll show you how it works. Um, what about a subject line, Chris? How important is 
and that, I mean, we both know it's uh, it, they're gold. But but how important are they? And can you give us some good examples? Yeah, um, subject lines are obviously where where this all starts, right? Because you got to get your emails opened if you want people to pay attention. And what I like to do is I like to lead with curiosity, and I like to lead. I call them like for lack of a better term, human interest subject lines, where they look like subject lines that aren't coming from a company. They look like subject lines that are coming from a friend. So I like to have fun with mine. Like the one I wrote the other day was, uh, I ate an entire pizza last night. What happened next will shock you, which yeah, like, has I nothing that. to do. I, I mean, it's kind, of, it's kind of like funny and maybe a little dumb or whatever. And so I, obviously like poking a little fun at like how people write clickbait stuff. Cause I like to be a little meta with my subject lines because I'm talking about email. But that was one where like, when you see that in your inbox, you're like, wow, what is this about? Like, I have to just know what this is about. It it doesn't say like, buy my email marketing course, which is obviously the outcome that I want, right? I I would love for for all my emails to end with with that happening, but you don't have to start there, right? You just have to get people's attention. Um, you know, even something like, well, I screwed up big time, dot, dot, Mm. dot. Like that's one where you're like, oh, what happened? There's a story here. There's something interesting hiding in this email that I want to go take a look at and see. And the story could be about whatever. It doesn't have to be, you know, obviously there has to be a connection between the subject line and the story that you tell in your email, but like, that's how you start. Then you could segue to whatever you want to pitch. So you don't always have to think, okay, well, I'm selling this thing in my email. So I have to put what I'm selling in the subject. You don't want to be that obvious all the time. You want to, you know, draw people in, make them sit up and and lean forward and say, oh, what is this? And get them clicking. Because what happens is when you go into your inbox, especially if it's, you know, the holiday season and there's every company in the world is sending a million emails, everything is 30% off by today or our biggest sale starts today. today, Black Friday week, crazy. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. getting pounded right now. Right. Yeah. So like if everyone is zigging, then you have to zag. That's okay. my philosophy. Okay. Okay. Um, are open rates better when there's a question in the subject line? Uh, and even when we use our contacts first name, or is that kind of a little bit uh, de rigueur now? Do people see that and go, yeah, okay, I know what he's up to sort of thing. That's a good question. Um, my, my, my belief on this is that it's hard to, the answer might be yes, but it's one of those things that you have to test out for your own list because what I found is like, I've tried things with certain businesses and there's certain like even open rate and click through rates for certain brands, even brands selling the same product because they have different price points or positioning or relationships with their list or email okay. frequency or a million different other factors. Like there's, there's never an apples to apples comparison, right? Yeah. So it's one of those things where I think it's worth testing out. Definitely. I think if you use it all the time, then people will start to tune out. And that's the thing. It's like, you want to keep people a little bit off kilter. You want to always be just hitting them from different angles. So one day might be a subject. One day might be one of those human interest, curiosity, subject lines. The next day might be a one word email subject line. The next day might include the first name. Right. And then through the culmination of doing all those things, you start to get a rhythm and see what works for your own list best. That's the best piece of advice that I could give. I wish there was like a blanket, like always just do this and it works oh, no. yeah. but it's hard it's hard to, to to get those kind of recommendations i just always think about that question when i'm looking at email and i know my own response rates are pretty good when i ask a question and if i can can 
combine a question with their first name. That seems to be even better because it seems to personalize it all. Chris, this is really awesome. We're getting some great content. I'll, I'll move towards winding up. And guys, if you want to, here's an idea. Um, sign up to get Chris Chris's book. All you need to do is go to themakeitrainbook.com um, so you can grab a copy of Chris's book. But the second thing you'll do is you'll get on Chris's mailing list and you can see some of his emails that are awesome emails. Um, he puts a lot of time into crafting a great email. So, and there's some brilliant examples there. So for no other reason, check out Chris's list, uh, check out the book and get on Chris's list because um, there's, there's a lot of gold in there. Chris, uh, does long copy sell? We talked before about David Ogilvie and he'd write, you know, beautiful copy. But, um, you know, again, I, I didn't really know whether to ask this. Do, do people actually read it when there's long copy? I think so. Um, and, you know, the thing too, like, especially like if you're selling a house, for instance, like I know me, like I, you can't tell me enough about that house that I'm looking at, right? Like I want to know everything. So yep. if you just gave me two sentences, I'd say, well, what about this? And what about that? And what about this other thing? Right? Like I, I'd always want to know more. Like I, this is one of those purchases where, you know, any big purchase, a house, a car, a boat, anything like that. Like, I don't think you could t- say enough about yep. every single aspect aspect of it. Um, I really, like I wrote an ad for a car. I know it's not the same thing, but a while back. And like when you see most car ads in the magazine or newspaper, it's like picture the car price and what dealership to go to. Yeah. But I wrote this like eight or 10 page long copy ad. It was for a guy who was selling his sports car at auction and it sold above asking in like a day. Nice. And he said he had so many, he was like overwhelmed with all the bids that came in because I just unpacked every single feature of it. And yeah. I actually ripped off that uh, David Ogilvy headline. Uh, this was a Honda S2000, I think was the car. This is one of my first copywriting gigs. And the, the headline that I wrote was uh, at 9,000 uh, screaming RPM. The, I, I got a, it was something like, you know, the, you'll feel the like thunder of the engine. I don't, it was something like, I don't remember it exactly. It was like five, six years ago, but I riffed off that headline and people just loved it because it was a long copy thing and they could read yeah. about this purchase they're going to make. You put them in the site. Exactly. I made them feel yeah. what it's like to drive that. Yeah. yeah. So people want to yeah. feel what it's like to be home. They want to, they want to feel like, imagine like they want to read that ad and feel like they're transported into the house and their furniture's there and the pictures are on the wall and their family's with them. They want to feel that. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Last question. How important uh, is using testimonials in our copy and where should we use them? It's a good question. Um, I think, I think they're definitely important um, because obviously like you could, you know, talk about how great you are and you should absolutely. I think that's just, uh, you know, it's, it's part of the game, right? It's part of marketing yourself, but at the same time, people want to know that other people have done business with you. If nothing else, obviously like people, the testimonials you show are going to be positive. That's just how testimonials work. But what I like to do if we can is overwhelm people with proof, because I'm sure you, you probably encountered, you know, service providers or businesses in your own life where, they'll do like this wall of, of social proof. It's like, you know, the great wall of testimonials and it's just, you know, they'll have 500 happy testimonials. Okay. Okay. This person is good. They know what they're talking about. They have, you know, enough people have vouched. I trust them fully. Um, So there definitely is some thud factor to including them in terms of where to include them specifically. You can place them a lot of places. I think if it's on your website, uh, obviously I think you should lead in with some copy where people could learn about you and those kind of things. But then after that, you can just unleash the social proof. Yeah. It's just such a powerful thing, isn't it? Um, and I find many agents they'll do a they'll they'll feature a great testimonial and then they put el 
as the uh, initials. So I'm, I'm always, and when I see initials, I go, eh, is it really real? Why not just put the person's name? If they've given you permission to use it, put their person's name. You're not putting their address or whatever um, and just say, you know, where they're from. Uh, would you agree with that to legitimize the, the claim? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just, it just helps because the thing is like, unfortunately we've just learned that like so much of what you see on the internet is just made up. So the Mm -hmm. more that you could demonstrate that like, no, these are real people. Like here's a picture of their face. Here's a picture of them in front of the house with us shaking hands or, you know, like whatever you have, use it. Absolutely. Are you saying that uh, a lot of those things that your former president said uh, might not be true? I'm saying that everything (laughs) you see on TV is orchestrated and if you read a book called um the attention merchants which it's funny because i was reading this book and they talked about this tv show that went back to the 50s or 60s i think it was called the uh $64,000 question i okay. believe it was called yep back in the day and they there was this whole big scandal because they basically showed how i think it was like the year 1950 something they showed how all of this reality television this whole show was scripted and everything, like the, the winners, the answers to the questions, who would get oh, questions. Oh, yeah, I've one. heard about and, that. Yeah. Yeah. And that was 70 years ago. Yeah. So, and it's funny because yeah. I, I actually know um, down the street from me, there was this reality television show and they filmed, I'm not going to get too into the details, but one of my neighbors down the street where I grew up and I watched the television show, they changed people's names. They brought in a baby. The yep. one girl had a baby. I was like, she doesn't have a baby. She's younger than me. I was like in college at the time. And they created this whole storyline of the fake names, Busted. fake relationships. Yeah, yeah. And I'm watching this. I'm like, I know these people. They live four houses down from me, right? Like, so I, ever since like that, I've just known that everything I see on TV, you just have to know that it's all, it's created and it's people who want to sell ad space. Yeah. So yeah. that's why it's important. Like that, going back to using the testimonials and using, um, any kind of proof that you have, like people need to see that nowadays because you yeah. don't know what to trust or who to believe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 100%. Um, well, listen, you've been a fabulous guest. I know you're a busy guy. We've been on here for 40 minutes. I'm going to let you go. But guys, check out uh, Chris's book. Go to themakeitrainbook.com and sign up and get Chris's emails. There's some brilliant examples. Buddy, thank you so much for sharing your time today. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I'm really passionate about marketing and I love, I love email marketing. I think it's so strong. And um, thank you so much for your input. Thanks so much, Ray. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, buddy. It's no coincidence real estate's top agents use real estate's best software. Locked On is so popular with top producers because it's laden with features, but so easy to use at the same time. Backed by the number one support team in the industry, agents say Locked On is fast, reliable, and like having two assistants. If your real estate software and systems are holding you back, why not experience the ultimate cloud-based solution and take your productivity to the next level? To get your free 30-day trial and for special discount for life deal, go to LockedOn.com forward slash Ray.